everybody. Welcome back to another podcast from Dan, the Nutrition Ninja. Today I've got a topic that is pretty common um, when it comes to weight loss. Something that I think a lot of people do. Um, they do it wrong and it backfires on them. And what is that? It's counting calories. Yep, you heard that right. Calorie counting. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about that because it's something that when I'm working with people on, they get fixated on it. They're, they come up with a number, whatever that number might be, um, and they just obsess over it. And they, and they go on and spend hundreds of dollars on uh, you know, watches and calorie counting apps and so on and so forth, all based on, you know, if I have this magical number, I'm gonna lose weight. And let's face it, if you've ever tried to lose weight you've probably at some point counted calories. And, you know, like I said, millions and millions and millions of people have bought calorie counters that they wear on their wrist, you know, the Fitbit, the Apple Watch, so on and so forth, or calorie tracking apps on their phone. Um, you know, MyFitnessPal is probably the most common one. There's MyNetDiary. There's a million of them, okay? And, I, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. In fact, I and when used right, I think they're a good thing. The problem is they're not used right, um, and, it, and it backfires. And so I want to talk a little bit about that today, and and also a little bit about the numbers and, and where some of these numbers come up with that people have in their minds, or where they come up with them, and why they have them, um, and, and how that too can be misleading. And you know what? Since we're here, let's talk about that first. Okay, so. When talking about how many calories to eat, there's so much information out there, let's be honest. And, and it's confusing, we don't know what to eat. Uh, but the probably the primary numbers that people come up with is the one the government uses, which is 2,000 calories per day. And you know, if, you're, if you look at any food label, that's what they base it on. They put all of your RDA, recommended daily allowances, based on 2,000 calories per day. Um, and the newer labels ha also have 2,500 calories per day. So where'd they come up with that number? And the honest answer is they made it up out of thin air. That's right, folks. There's nothing behind that number other than they made it up out of thin air. So let's talk about that a little bit. So back in the day, um, the FDA wanted to come up with a way to be able to compare different things uh, on labels, okay, and, and what you should be using or consuming during a day. For example, all saturated fats, sodium be the two big ones that, you know, they were focused on at least at that time. And it varies from person to person. So when they were trying to establish the benchmarks, they did surveys and, and a ton of research and through all that research, they kind of came up with some ranges. And for women, it was about 1,600 to 2,200 calories per day is what uh, the quote-unquote average woman should be consuming. For men, it was, the range was from two to 3,000. And children, it was 1,800 to 2,500. So, you know, having to put ranges like that on food labels is just gonna take up too much space. The food manufacturers were gonna go nuts over that. And, you know, a range like that 
is pretty wide. I mean, 1,600 to 2,200 calories for a woman is 600 calorie difference. That's a 25% difference in a lot of cases, okay? So when they, you know, all was said and done, the FDA wanted to come up with a, a single number that they could use. And when they averaged everything out, based on the, the survey data they had done by and gotten from the USDA, it came out to 2,350 calories, 2,350. And they put it out for public comment. And they also threw out alternative figures, which were 2,000, 2,300, 2,400, and so on. So, you know, First of all, the 2350 is an average. It's not what every single person should be doing. It's what an average of a big group of people should have been doing. First of all, there's your first red flag, okay? You're not most likely the prototypical average person. We're all different heights, different weights, different muscle, different bone, so on and so forth, okay? Um, and when people were responding to the survey, this is where it gets really cool or not so cool, I should say, they felt 2350 was too high. There's a flag for you there. So rather than work on educating people and saying, well, you need to eat the right amount of food, so on and so forth, they listened to those people. Okay, And there were other experts that were worried that if they had the number at 2350, that it would encourage overconsumption by some people, which is a fair point. Okay. Um, and especially for women who needed to consume fewer calories. So we got to give them that one. Um, so instead, they settled on 2,000 calories, and they used it for everything. Um, now think about that. If, if the average is supposed to be 2,350, and they rounded it down and pulled 2,000 out of thin air simply because it sounds better, that's a 20% difference, roughly. Think about that for a second. They just pulled it out of thin air, and it's 20% less. Um, and the FDA bought it, okay? They also, however, to be fair to them, wanted people to understand you had to adjust that number up and down based on various factors. Your age, your muscle mass, all the things I talked about earlier, uh, your activity level, okay? A person who is highly active needs more calories than someone who sits on a couch eating bonbons and watching TV all day long. Okay, um, you know, a, a super athlete, you know, LeBron James needs to be eating a lot more calories than, you know, your typical office worker. So should LeBron James follow the government's guide? No. Should the average office worker be following that guide? No. Hate to tell you. Okay. So that's where that number came from. And because so many people... I'll say had a problem with it or knew that it wasn't really the best number to be using. That's where calorie counting came into play. Okay. And then that leads to a couple other things. So along those lines, there's another number that I see come up and used a lot, which is 1,200 calories per day. And where did that number come from? Um, I work with a lot of women, probably 80 to 85% of my clientele is women. And when I say to them, how many calories a day do you think you should be eating? I would venture to guess between 70 and 80% of those women will give me the same number, 1,200. And where does it come from? Social media, 
the media, regular media and so on, that's the minimum number of calories per day that most re uh, registered dietitians will recommend you eat. So that's the minimum, folks, minimum. Now it has been morphed into everybody believes that's the amount of calories they should be eating. Now, for some of you, it is. Fair point. Most of you, it's not. Okay. Uh, you go out on the interweb, you'll come across it all over the place. I see it time and time again. And, and again, as I said, where it originally came from is most so-called nutrition experts now took it from the true nutrition experts, the registered dietitians, nutritionists, and so forth. They took that minimum number and made it the acceptable number for everyone now. Okay, it's a minimum, guys. It's not a hard number. It's a guide. Okay, those so-called experts out there morphed what was a minimum number into what every woman should be eating. And, and, and you know, guys, I, I see guys do it too. Much lesser extent, but a guy needs to eat a lot more than a girl does. And yet there's guys out there using that number. And they're frankly starving their bodies. And sadly, it's become the norm. As I said, 80-ish percent of the people that I work with have that number in mind. Um, and, and most of them got it off Flakebook. That's what I call Facebook. Uh, or Pinterest or other social media. Or they heard it from a friend or they saw it on the news. Whatever it might be. The fact is they've just heard it over and over and over again. It's been drilled into their brain. So that's become in quotes, the number, okay? Um, and then here's what happens from there. It gets worse. So that's the number in their minds. So now I need to lose weight. I need to eat less than that number, okay? Um, so if 1,200 is the magic number, I need to cut, 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 get well below that. And I've seen people eating four, five, and 600 calories per day. And that, my friends, is a recipe for disaster. I'll talk about one of my clients. Uh, I'll call her Sarah. Sarah had come to me about four years ago. And she had bought into the 1,200 calories per day um, hook, line, and sinker. But in her mind, that was the maximum she should be eating, not the minimum. So therefore, if I eat 1,200, then I need to and lose weight because she needed to lose I think it was 30 pounds or so um, I'll cut it in half so she was eating on a good day 600 calories on some days three four five hundred calories okay she was starving herself to death I'm not talking anorexia guys okay I'm talking about someone who didn't really have that's a disease they should really have that mentality that mindset that's wasn't what was going on she simply took that 1200 number cut it in half because that's how I'm gonna lose weight okay long story short she worked with me for months and didn't lose anything because not only was she not eating enough she now was working out as well and I and I was coaching her and working with her and trying to get her to eat more it took us months and months and months for her to let go of that belief and she was getting frustrated. I was getting frustrated. Um, and I finally sat her down in my office and, and had a come to Jesus meeting with her and, and said, Sarah, it's time that we address this head on. And I said, I want you to do something. I said, for the next two weeks, 
I want you to eat 1,500 to 2,000 calories a day. She looked at me as if my head was going to cut up, be cut off. She, daggers coming out of her eyes, you name it. She thought I was insane. Now, mind you, she'd been working with me for months, hadn't lost any weight or any fat, because I, I checked my body fat with my clients, okay? Hadn't lost anything. In fact, she probably put on a couple pounds after months, and she was working out two, three times a week with me. Long story short, she did do that. I got that commitment from her. She did it not only for two weeks, but she actually did it a third week, okay? Because she went away for a week, and I didn't actually do her next thing until three weeks after that meeting. She lost 15 pounds in three weeks, and she was eating almost triple what she was eating before. She had finally given her body what it needed to be healthy and happy, and she lost weight in the process and let go of all that fat. Okay, Now, some of that was water weight, too. But the, the bottom line is, right after that, she had that initial loss. Then she settled in, and eating those same number of calories, she settled in at about 1,800 a day. Okay, She was a tall woman, too. She was almost 5'10". Settled in at that, and she lost one to two pounds a week. Got rid of that 30 pounds and has kept it off for four years. That's what happens when you eat right, guys. Okay, If you starve your body, it's not going to release the fat. Um, so what does all that have to do with cal calorie counting? So we, we've talked about numbers, uh, but really I want to talk about calorie counting itself now. Okay. As I said earlier, it can be a very, very useful tool. I do it. I'm not super strict about it because I know what my numbers are and I kind of eyeball things and, and know what I'm doing. But I kind of do it as a, 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 I'll call it a check. All right. So at the end of the day, I can look at it and go, okay, I went a little bit crazier. I need to pair it back tomorrow or vice versa. I didn't eat enough. Maybe I need to eat a little bit more tomorrow. Okay. That's where it's useful. Um, but as I said earlier, the problem is it's misused more often than it's used. Okay. First thing you have to do is know what your RMR or resting metabolic rate is. Now, most of these calorie counting devices, apps, you name it, use an algorithm. Okay. Based on your weight. Problem is that's not a good way to do it. And I'll use myself as an example. Okay, I weigh in excess of 280 pounds, but I have less than 20% body fat. Okay, now when I look at the calorie counters uh, using MyFitnessPal, MyNetDiary, and so on and so forth, they estimate I need somewhere around 3,000 to 3,200 calories per day for my basic needs. That's resting metabolic rate, folks, is when you're laying in bed, not moving at all. That's what your body needs to function. Breathing, heart beating, so on and so forth. I've actually had mine tested, and it's about 1900. It's actually 1938 was the exact number. I remember it to this day. Well, <laughs> if I, and I'm not faulting my fitness pal, because that's the algorithm they have. If I follow that, I should be eating 3000 calories a day just to survive. Okay. But in reality, I only need about 1,900. 1,100 calorie difference a day is a lot. Okay. The truth of the matter is, folks, unless you've had an actual RMR test done, 
It's really a swag, a silly, wild-ass guess. Everybody's different. Okay, Two people can weigh exactly the same, be the same height, have the same body frame, but their arm or arm might be different. Okay, has to do what kind of shape they're in. There's a lot of different things with that. Okay, and when you look at those things, that's where they they get misused because not only do those calorie counters overestimate the RMR, they also factor in if you're exercising, they'll add calories to how much you should eat. So for example, again, using myself, the baseline is, I'll just use a round number, 1300 calories. Okay, I'm highly active. I'm a personal trainer. I train all day long, so I'm lifting weights and doing stuff with people. I also work out myself, and, and I do some pretty hardcore workouts. Um, I do things like bike riding, jogging, and so on and so forth. It's not uncommon for me to burn 5,000 calories in a day. When I was in competitive rowing, it wasn't uncommon for me to burn six to 8,000 calories a day. Okay, So if I was trying to lose weight, that all gets factored in. They're going to tell me I need to eat you know, 8,000 calories. Now, do I need to eat more? Yes, I'll grant that. I'm highly active. I do need to eat more. Do I need to eat 8,000 calories? Probably not. So for the average person, let's say that it figures it out for 1,500 calories. Say, you know, it's a woman. She's in her mid-40s. Based on her height and weight, they say you're supposed to eat somewhere around 1,500 calories. Now, the, most of the clients and women that I work with would then say, well, I need to cut that in half and eat 750. That's mistake one. But number two, let's say they don't do that. Let's say they do follow the 1500. But they start working out three times a week. And on the days they're working out, they burn another, I'll just round, make a nice round number, 500 calories. That tracker will tell them they can eat 2,000 calories. Well, that's for maintenance, guys. They're not going to lose weight when they eat that much. So... You know, it's making a lot of assumptions. All right, going back to the RMR, because I really want to hammer this point home, it's the amount of energy, aka calories, that your body needs to function and stay alive. So as I said earlier, if you're laying in bed literally not moving at all, your resting metabolic rate is the amount of calories your body would use to keep your heart beating, your lungs breathing, and basically stay alive. And as I said earlier, it's different from everybody. Okay, and it here's another factor. Not only is it different for everybody, but the same person will have different needs over time. It doesn't stay the same. Things as we age, our physical condition, levels of stress. That's just to name a few. Heck, weather can come into play. Okay, you need more calories in the winter than you do in the summer because your body needs to stay warmer outside a lot for example so as I said unless you're getting testing done you're guessing and even with the test it's a little bit of a guess okay and here's another shocker guys you better be sitting down for this one if you're driving your car you might want to pull off the road for the next minute this one shocks people utterly shocks them when I tell them this you know those food labels that we're all dutifully reading in the store and checking the backs of cans and boxes in the store? They're often wrong. Sometimes by as much as 25 or 30% in either direction. So if something says it's 100 calories and it's 30% too high, guess what? 
that means it was only 70 calories. Or if it was 30% too low, it's 130 calories. Those two are approximations. That's a tough word to say, isn't it? Approximations. The testing can be manipulated. And yes, I use that word for a reason. Manipulated. Remember, these food companies, they want to present their product in the best light. So if they can manipulate the test a little bit, which are not highly regulated, to make their thing, their product look like it has less calories than it actually does, well, guess what? You think they're not going to take a chance to do that? Even if they dutifully follow the standards, follow them to the T, it's still an approximation. And I'll even go one step further. It just popped into my brain here. Here's another one that's going to shock you. Those fitness activity trackers, the Fitbits, the Apple Watches, the Samsung, whatever, Polar. Gym equipment, the trackers on gym equipment. You know, you go on a treadmill, it tells you you burned 300 calories in an hour. Those are wrong too. Often by as much as 25%, sometimes more. Some of it's deliberate. I know for a fact that a couple of... Um, they're not around anymore. A couple of fitness companies that were selling fitness equipment to gyms were overestimating the calorie burns on purpose. Because it, what happens? You're burning more calories. You think you're burning more calories. You're more likely to use equipment. The gyms are happy. The equipment manufacturer is going to sell more to the gym, so on and so forth. But going back, and I'm going to, I'm not blaming Fitbit here, but I'm going to use Fitbit because that happened to be the one I was wearing when I had my last RMR test done, which I told you was 1938. Using that, the Fitbit estimated that my RMR was about 2,500. 2,500 versus 1938 is roughly 600 calories. So the Fitbit's overestimating my calorie burn by 600 calories a day if I'm not active. Take it a step further, it's assuming that I'm when I'm working out, because it's got that higher number, it overestimates how many calories I'm burning while working out. And I talked with several technicians at the, the place I had the RMR done, and they said in their estimation it's between 15 and 25% off, depending on the person. In my particular case, when we figured it out, when all was said and done, because we did a couple things, the difference worked out to 22%, which falls in line with what they were telling me. So the Fitbit was registering that I was burning 122 calories for every 100 I was actually burning in, say, a 30-minute period. Doesn't sound like a lot. Well, what's 22 calories? That's 44 an hour, folks. Do the math times 24 hours. It's almost 1,000 calories a day difference. Okay? Big, big difference. And people follow those numbers. I can't tell you the number of times I had somebody say, well, my Fitbit said I burned 500. I'm allowed 1,500. That means I can eat 2,000. Hello, pizza. And they justify it. Now, occasionally that's okay. All right. Again, I'm not blaming the Fitbit or any of those other activity trackers. Make no mistake, they're all off a little bit. Okay, It's the nature of the beast. Some of it has to do also with the amount of sweat. Okay, They read your skin... Uh, that's the little lights you see, the diodes on the back are reading through your skin, trying to get the estimates of, of burns and so forth. As you get sweaty, that throws it off. It starts wobbling around on your wrist and so on and so forth. It's an inexact science at best. So when we think about it, our RMRs are off. Okay, 
the food level labels aren't right, and the amount we're actually estimating we're burning when working out is off. So when you put it all together, you could be off by 50%. That's why calorie counting for most people doesn't work. And I know you don't want to hear that. But as I said in the past, I tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Now, that having put all that out there, I still encourage people to journal. Okay? So, what do I mean by that? We've got to be realistic about it, first of all. And no, it's inexact, okay? But it can give us some valuable data. Now, the other, you know, just popped in my brain. Something else I thought about is when people are tracking their food and their calories, they'll put in, I had one serving of X. Well, unless you've weighed and measured, one serving could be wildly wrong. Take an apple. You go into my fitness pal, my net diary, or any of those trackers, and you put in, I had an apple, it'll put down somewhere between 80 and 100 calories. Well, how big is that apple? You got a super big apple, it might be 200 calories. You got a super small one, it might be 50. You got to weigh it to even have a rough estimate. It doesn't account for water contents, you other, several other things. You get where I'm going with it. They're estimates, guys. Okay? So that's why I said we have to be realistic about it and know that this is an inexact science at best. But we can get data out of it, okay? Um, what can we do? Well, journaling can help you identify issues. Okay, One of the reasons I like it, especially when people are honest about it, and most people are not. There's another shocker for you. They've actually tracked people tracking their calories and found that they underestimate how much they're eating by an average of 30%. 30%. So again, you figure 30% on, let's say, 2,000 calories, 3 times 2 is 6, it's 600 calories that are off by. Okay. So again, you got to be careful with that. But when you do it right, it can help you see patterns in your eating. That's where I'm going with all this. Okay. For example, let's say you're dutifully recording that you had, you know, a couple of eggs for breakfast. I'm not calorie counting here. I just have people write down what they're eating. Because we can start looking for patterns. Patterns such as you're eating most of your calories after you get home from work. Or when you're stressed. Or you're not eating breakfast at all and you're starving at lunch. So you go crazy at lunchtime. Hit the local fast food joint. For a couple of burgers because you're so hungry okay um that's where i like journaling and that's where it can be very very useful it's also good for approximating the volume of food you're eating okay as i said it's not exact unless you're weighing and measuring every single thing you eat if you drink something you put it in a measuring cup and see how much it is i have done that i do it you and i have people do it for two or three days so they get an idea of how much they're actually eating more often than not, they're lying because they know that we're checking it, so they put less on the plate than they actually did. Normally would. Okay, but it can give you an idea. It's a guide. So it can give you that data that you can use and look for patterns. Okay, you know, if you're eating, tend to eat a lot of sugary things in the afternoon, it's probably because your body's craving energy. So what can you do? 
or what can you change in your eating habits in the morning and afternoon to get rid of that craving. That's where the information can be useful. Otherwise, what can happen is, and, and not, if I ask 9 out of 10 people, are they eating right? Or excuse me, if I ask 10 people, if, are they eating right? 9 out of 10 of them will say they are eating right, and yet they're not losing weight. And that's how people get discouraged. And that's more often than not why they give up. They dutifully write down everything they ate. They track their workouts. The numbers look fantastic. They're burning like crazy and they don't lose a pound. They get frustrated. Um, they think they're broken. There's something wrong with them. And then a couple things happen. One, more often than not, they just give up. And that's that. Or, perhaps even worse... They start resorting to crash diets or they spend hundreds of dollars on those miracle weight loss programs that don't work. Um, or probably the ultimate worst is they go to surgery, bariatric surgery being the one, which I'm going to do a podcast on that upcoming, which is going to piss some people off because I'm not a fan of it. Okay, It's not being used properly. There are people that need it. However, it's been turned into a weight loss program. Okay. And more often than not, these people don't need it. If you eat real foods in the right amounts, weight will come off and it'll stay off. Okay, so let's conclude on this. Here's what you do need to know when it comes to calorie counting. First of all, let's set this as the bar. There's nothing wrong with you. We're awesome. We're all awesome. You're awesome. I'm awesome. We're all awesome. But we're all different. We have different metabolisms. Okay. Your metabolism can get screwed up the more you do things like crash diet, lose or gain weight. That changes your RMR. So you want to focus on eating real foods in the right amounts. You're going to hear me repeat that a lot. You don't want to be crash dieting. That can backfire on you big time. Slow and steady wins the race. Use the data. Write down what you're eating. Don't worry about having it to the very calorie but instead, use the data and look for patterns. See what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Give your body a chance to, to do what it needs to do to be good at something it's very good at, which is getting the nutrition out of the food you're eating. You can't change that. Your body is going to do that whether you feed it crap or you feed it good stuff. It's still going to try and survive based on what you're giving it. How it survives is another story, whether it's good or bad. Okay, And your body's going to adapt as you go through life based on what you're doing, the things you're eating, and how you're feeling. You cannot outthink your brain. Your brain is built for one thing primarily, to survive. And it's going to do what it needs to to survive, both good and bad. So let's cut out the crash dieting, first of all, because that's going to backfire. How do you succeed? You want to focus on eating real foods in the right amounts. There it is again. Focus on eating protein. Good carbs like fruits and veggies. They're not evil, folks. Good fats. And even some high-quality starchy carbs. A sweet potato is not going to kill you. Okay, it's good for you. If you eat real foods and focus on things like protein, carbs, good healthy carbs, good healthy fats, high-quality foods, not only... Will you feel better, have more energy, but you'll eat less. A lot of times you're overeating because your body needs nutrients. So it's sending you signals to eat more, 
hoping that you'll give it the nutrients it needs. So if you eat healthy, you'll feel fuller, you'll decrease the number of calories you're consuming. And here's the other thing, you'll add to your metabolism most likely. You'll add muscle if you're working out and increase the number of calories your body actually needs. You'll improve your RMR. Okay, As I've said in prior po podcasts, you don't want to give an expensive car cheap gas. It won't run right. Same with your body. Okay, You don't need any special dieting programs. You don't need to be carb or calorie cycling. You don't need special diets. This is assuming you don't have a medical condition. You don't need to be working out seven days a week for five hours a day. What you need to do is be consistent. Real foods, right amounts, and oh yeah, work out a little bit too. And you need to be patient. The body needs time to adapt and change. It's not going to happen overnight. And anyone who tells you that they have some sort of miracle pill potion and formula, they're lying. The success rate on those things is less than 1% in most cases. Consistent effort over time and a little patience is how you achieve your goals. One final thing before I let you go. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. The human body is a crazy unique thing. So what your friend's doing, what your coworker's doing, what your spouse is doing, whatever, you know, you'll have a friend come up, hey, try this diet, it's working for me, probably isn't going to work for you. We're all different. Be compassionate with yourself. Forgive yourself when you screw up. It's okay. Plays a huge role in trying to get weight off. Because one of the most common ways people stop is they have that bad day, they go nuts, and then that becomes the next day and the next day and the next day because they hate themselves. Believe in yourself. Stick to it. You will get there. Weight loss occurs through a balance of good eating, working out, both strength and cardio training, proper sleep, which we haven't talked about in this podcast, but it's an important thing, managing your stress, hydration. There's a, there's a lot of things. It's all... Not very sexy, let's be honest, but it's true. Doesn't make for good marketing either, does it? I'm eating, telling you to eat real food in the right amounts. Now, how you go about doing that, well, that's where I come in. I can help you figure out what that is. That's my job. But I've had a lot of training in it. Okay, your office worker down the street selling you this brand new program that they just happen to become a health coach for doesn't know squat about nutrition. They just know about their product they're going to push on you because, hey, it, it worked for you know so-and-so on the other side of the country. They're telling you what you need, want to hear, not what you need to hear. And it breaks my heart to see so many people struggle with things like that and spend literally thousands of dollars a year on it. They're wasting precious time and money on those fad diets, those phony pills, those fake potions, and it's not going to work. Not in the long run, anyway. Okay? If you need help, that's what I'm here for. If you have questions, email me, dan at thenutritionninja.com. That's what I'm here for. If you want to chat, see how I can help you, email me and I'll be happy to get back to you. All right, so again, focus on real food in the right amounts. If you're going to journal, focus on patterns. Don't worry so much about the exact number of calories because it's all a swag, a silly, wild-ass guess. Till next time, this is Dan the Nutrition Ninja. Have a good one.